0: make a little noise.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast, COVID edition. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I've got it, my guest got it, everybody, everybody's got it. But we're vaccinated, so we're alright. It's just a minor <laughs> pain in the butt. My guest this episode, hi sis. Hi. Shannon's back. And we have a real movie. Not on Tubi, (laughs) like a real movie with real actors on a real streaming platform. Look, I love Tubi, but come on. (laughs) Netflix exclusive, or uh, I guess Netflix original, I don't know what they call it. Gunpowder Milkshake from just last year. It's a pretty new movie. I feel like the filmmakers went... I don't know if Heath is gonna love this. He might think it's just okay. How about we put three out of his top five crushes in it? <laughs> and see if that sways things. I don't know if it did, but I still think the movie's just okay. But mm-hmm. man, oh man, between Karen Gillen, Carla Gugino, Gugino, who knows?
0: Good Gino. Good Gino, that's what I thought. Gino. And
1: Lena, here's the one. Because I've heard it heady and I've heard it heady. I don't know. Yeah. But all three of them together in one movie. Mm-hmm. Carlo Gino's dressed like a librarian. Come on. It's not even fair. <laughs> and then on top of that, throw in some Angela Bassett, some Michelle Yo, welcome back to the mm-hmm. show, Paul Giamatti. Once again, sitting in the diner booth, just like he did for us back in uh, John dies at the end, yeah. Previous episode. I don't know. I don't know. What did you think?
0: I well, so I haven't seen Kill Bill in a while, but this reminded me a lot of Kill Bill. Like it gave me Kill Bill vibes. Um, like just right off the bat, that's just kind of how I felt watching it and I don't watch a ton of movies like in this vein but yeah it was I mean it was enjoyable but I will say it was a it was a beautiful movie like from the lighting the sets the costumes I mean everything looked looked very purposeful and I very much enjoyed that like the story might have been a little lackluster, um, and the action was fairly good at times, but I must say it was a it was a beautiful movie. Yeah,
1: it's put together well, especially compared to the movies I usually watch on here. It's like a masterpiece, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of Kill Bill meets John Wick meets. I don't know what but without the kind of because like John Wick is like so serious you know <laughs> like it's very mm-hmm. like overly earnest to the point that it becomes tongue in cheek without trying to be I think whereas this is a little more you know kind of purposely I'd call this neo-noir right I mean based on you know from the lighting and the kind of yeah. the, the timelessness of it Because it's hard to pin down when. Yeah. Because everyone has cell phones, but they're all flip phones. No one has a smartphone.
0: Except the dad's phone, because it's like a flat phone, like like an all-screen phone, like we have. That's the only one, though.
1: But it's in this. You mean the one that's in the giant like Japanese teddy bear case or whatever? Like, so it's hard to tell what kind of phone that is either. But everybody else has like. And they're nice, so it's like towards the end of the run of flip phones before smartphones took over. But there's, yeah, everyone's got those. So it's, what, I don't know, 2000 and... (laughs) But it has this timeless sort of, yeah, between the lighting and kind of the atmosphere and the, I think, attempts at the dialogue to be kind of noir-ish. So I think it qualifies as neo-noir, at least trying to be anyway.
0: Yeah. It's set in Germany see, like, for
1: reasons I'm not of sure cars. of.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. that I must have missed that because I was trying to pinpoint where it was set.
1: I had to look it up because I saw because I was looking at like, I'm like, I this clearly isn't like America. But, so I was looking at the license yeah. plate on the cars. I'm like, okay, it's foreign somewhere, but I wasn't sure if it was England or France. Mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, it was filmed in Germany, so. Like oh, Brandenburg, okay. and I don't know why it's but it's also supposed to be, there's no one speaking German running around, so I think it's just supposed to be uh-huh. kind of a somewhere, you know, kind of like a someone. Yeah. I don't know. But we have um, Sam, Samantha is our main character, played by Karen Gillen, who's always good. Mm-hmm. Well, it opens with her sewing herself up. She's just been in a big say gunfight but a massacre really <laughs> it was. it she was sent to do to kill somebody and things got out of hand and she killed a bunch of people including somebody she wasn't supposed to but she's just at her apartment eating Japanese cereal sewing herself up from a big gash on her arm yeah she has some voiceover about like there's the firm which is you know a bunch of old white guys who run everything and of course so they have their own sort of it's very John Wick as far as the rules of, like, this is the assassin organization, we have our places that we can go, you know, like, sort of the rules and, and stuff of that. With Whereas, you know, John mm-hmm. Wick has, like, the hotel and the coins and all this stuff. This has, like, the diner you can go to, and but you can't bring your guns in there. It's like a neutral meeting place. Yeah. Which looks, I swear, it's just a Kroll's diner somewhere, because it looks exactly like... <laughs> The Kroll's <laughs> diners around but yeah and then there's like the gun library which is pretty cool mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's very John Wick-esque in a lot of ways and there, yeah she gets Sam gets a call that like you need to come in so when you talk to you because you, like, you messed up like you killed somebody who we're not supposed to Thing when things got out of hand well if, if you want to make it up to us a bunch of money just got stolen from us from the firm, the organization. Paul Giamatti's kind of like her. I don't maybe not her handler, but I guess kind of her boss-ish. He's a a big uppie mm-hmm. up in the, the firm, and, you know, you're gonna go retrieve this money for us. That's how you can make it up, for and we'll cover for you for this mistake you've made. And then we get a flashback to 15 years ago when she's a teenager, and young, Karen Gillan is played by Freya Allen, From who plays uh, Siri on The Witcher? I didn't recognize. Mm -hmm. I only noticed that on the IMDb, but I'm sure some people noticed right away. I have a question: Why does Lena Headey still have her British accent, and Karen Gillan does not?
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) what I was wondering.
1: Because Lena Headey plays her mother.
0: Later, they say,
1: yeah, yeah, we had to run away. Later,
0: they say they moved to. Germany I guess when she was a baby or a little kid or something some kind of accent
1: (laughs) yeah we get a whole backstory later but she's on the American they used to live in London they fled London when Sam's father Scarlett's husband Scarlett's Lena Headey who was an assassin for the firm was killed by the Russians And so they fled London and came, yeah, I guess to Germany. (laughs) Even though they never, like, say Uh we're in Germany now, but that's where it is. But yeah, Karen Gillan has, like, just an American accent. So why she should have either a British accent or a German accent, (laughs) because that's the two places (laughs) you've lived. I don't know how you got this American accent, but yeah, whatever, I guess. But I just don't know why... From a filmmaking standpoint, from an acting standpoint, why didn't you just... Why didn't she just have her normal accent? There's no story reason... Mm -hmm. Not only is there no story reason reason for her to not have it, there's story reasons for her very much to have it. Yeah. If you're going to let Lena Headey use hers, it just makes more... Like, why not just... I don't know. I thought that was strange. In this flashback which i guess is where the title of the movie comes from she loves milkshakes but i don't know that's it's a very minor part of the film but she's waiting for her mom at the diner to split a milkshake and mom comes in and's like hey did you bring it she's brought her a book well when you first come into this diner there's a waitress who asks you if you're clean and you're like yeah which means you don't have any weapons on you Though that rule seems to be easy to get around. But I guess they don't really check you. I don't know what the protocol is, but yeah. And Scarlet's like, I messed up and I got to go. You'll be okay. But I got to like flee. And did you bring the book? And she gives her a book, a big book that's a hollowed out, you know, I put a gun in the book he gave me. (laughs) Yeah, it's got guns in it. That's a hollowed out book with guns in it, which will be a big, big thing. Then the Russians show up because, you know, we we can jump around. We'll come out to later, but basically, when the Russians killed Scarlet's husband, she kind of went off the reservation and took out these Russians that she wasn't supposed to. And so now they're after her, and she's not protected by the firm anymore the way she was. And so she's got to, like, flee. Sam is kind of under the protection of Nathan, Paul Giamatti's character, who is kind of, I don't, know, I don't know if I go so far to say he's a father figure, but he's kind of taking them under because he must have been friends with their her dad or whatever. So he's kind of under her protection. Or, or mm-hmm. she's under his protection, I should say.
0: Which is, I feel like is kind of a, a plot hole because I feel like if the firm knew about Sam, they would have tried to use her against Scarlet.
1: Well, but I feel like it was probably a situation... Where Sam, even when Sam is in trouble with the firm in current, you know, current day, Nathan is kind of much of an kind of company man asshole as he is, still shoots her that text, you know, and yeah. is like helping her out kind of behind the scenes where nobody knows about it. So it's probably, it's
2: yeah,
1: it probably a situation like that. Because well, Nathan is there at the diner on the day that the Russians come to get revenge and Scarlet kills them all and runs away he's there kind of holding sam back so she doesn't chase after scarlet and so my guess is that he was like set it up so it's like okay you're in trouble you can't be in the firm anymore you got to go but i will help cover your tray you know like i'll take okay. care don't worry i'll take care of sam me and the ants will take care of sam and we'll you know make it so you can get away but you're like exiled you know
0: yeah
2: i
1: assume that's what it was so nathan's not as bad a guy i mean he works for like this <laughs> terrible you know but he does help be helpful yeah the waitress says light lighten your load when you come in and that's your cue that if you have guns you have to hand them over to her or whatever so yeah sam is told because she is not she has grown up to be an assassin for the firm as well she's told like those old guns that you have like they know. I don't. They know to look for them or something because you killed these. Because she has killed this, Alistair guy's, son, and he's like the compete. The firm has like a competing company or something.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: that's all kind of vague, but
0: yeah. Like he's important to the firm somehow, and so I mean, don't kill his kid because that's it, not good for them. It seems
1: like a different crime. Like it's two different crime families. Like he's the head of one, and Nathan's the head of the other. But she definitely wasn't supposed to kill this kid. So. Yep. But Nathan says there was something about, like, all those old guns you have. I know you love them or whatever, but that's, like, they know them or something. So she has to go trade them in for new guns. For, I'm not 100% sure why. But, yeah, that leads her to this gun library where the ants are. Mm-hmm. There's Madeline, the librarian, or, like, I don't know. She's not, like, in charge and charge, but she's at the front desk where you come in like you have an account and like every my question is this library open to the public in any sort of way
0: yeah i don't that's the kind of the feeling you get with all of like the hospital the library with all of those and i don't know about anyone else but i'm a huge lemony snicket fan and you kind of get that feeling with that whole series too like just everything thing with the organization feels very set apart and so i was kind of getting that feeling too throughout this movie
1: yeah they're like the shadow people behind the shadow people so they have these own little mm-hmm. but like it's a big beautiful building yeah. just out on a public street you would think anyone can just walk into and if that's the case mm-hmm. they're like oh a library and they're looking around and if you're first at first you would think That, oh, you go through that lion painting and down the spiral stairs, and then you're down in the basement, and that's where all the guns are hiding? But we'll come to find out later, no, every fucking book in this place has something in it. Like, I don't know if there's any just normal books. So, if someone off the street... Browsing those
0: shelves is very dangerous.
1: So, I don't know that people off the street can just come in and browse the books, because every one of them has money or a knife or passports or some shit in it. <laughs> the
2: gold bar. Yeah.
1: So, again, it's a kind of a vague, you know, what are the rules here? What, we don't really know, but uh, that's fine, I guess. But yeah, Madeline is Carla Gugino. Gugino? Mm-hmm. I'm never going to say it right. I should. I
0: See, I, I googled it, and it says Gugino.
1: Gugino. Okay. I should know I, it, because I she's also... been...
0: Oh, I love her so much. My number one girl
1: since (laughs) son-in-law. Like, (laughs) She's so pretty, I can't stand it. But it's like, yeah, it's like, do you have an account with us? No, I don't. They don't recognize her at first because they haven't seen her, since she was a little girl. But she used to hang out with them all the time, I guess. Yeah. Her and her mom. So, yeah, she's got a big duffel bag. This is I love kittens on it that has our old guns in it that she wants to trade in. So she takes her yeah, down through this secret door in this painting downstairs, and then we meet the other two librarians, Florence and, is it Anna May? Anna May, yeah. Anna May is who's like the boss. Anna May, boss. yeah. And that's Angela Bassett, and then Florence is mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh. And they just seem like these, well, Angela Bassett seems a little, I mean, she's kind of a mean, like a hard edge, but the other two seem <laughs> just very nice and pleasant librarian ladies. You would never guess that they're... Uh, <laughs> incredibly well-trained assassin ladies so they hook her up with a bunch of new guns you know oh you need a bronte and a this and that you know this all these different books that have different assorted weaponry in them so yeah it's a little bit of you know it's world building in the way that the john wick stuff does it's just nowhere near as clear <laughs> like it's very yeah like, it's, cool, it's a cool idea, this book, this gun library, but again, I have, it raises more questions than it answers for me. I feel like same with the hospital, same with this entirely abandoned shopping mall that has, like, um, burnt-out yeah, cars in the parking garage. Like, it's that abandoned. I don't know. I mean, I know there uh-huh. are abandoned malls places, but this looked like a pretty nice one. It didn't look like a little dirt mall or something. So she goes to where this stolen money is supposed to be. I don't know why. I don't know how they. We don't see any of her like tracking this guy down. She just shows up. And she comes in the room. There's like a big like Japanese bear backpack that's full of like bearer bonds and shit. So that's the money she's looking for. And there's this. Yeah, like this anime bear phone case on the phone. And the phone is ringing and ringing. And she's trying to decide what to do about it. And a guy comes out of the bathroom and is like, oh shit. <laughs> like she's like, I don't want to kill you. But I'm taking this money. Like you should, you stole for the wrong people. So be glad I'm not killing you. And he's like, No, I have to answer that phone though. And she's like, No, I don't think we're gonna do that. And they get in a tussle over the gun, and he gets shot in the stomach. And then he answers. Then she just lets him answer the phone anyway. So that was kind of a moot point. But he answers the phone and it's kidnappers. His daughter Emily has been kidnapped. That's what he stole the money from the firm for was to pay her ransom. She's like, well shit, this is a bigger situation than I was expecting. So, I don't want this guy to die. I didn't really even mean to shoot him. And he's kind of a victim here too. So they've got, she has 60 minutes to get this ransom money to these kidnappers. First she's got to take him to get help. And of course you can't go to a regular hospital, so you have to go to the special (laughs) firm hospital, which is a dentist's office, where the head doctor guy is like also doing laughing gas and it seems like a bad seems like not a place you want to be but and they have a giant tooth like cookie jar thing that's like oh your guns go in there and the nurse is totally mellow about having guns pointed at her and like this shit just happens every day but oh yeah but yeah she brings him into the dentist to the quote-unquote dentist to fix this guy up. And she's like, okay, I need him ready to go in 10 minutes. And he's like, well, that's not going to happen. You shot him in the gut. Like, <laughs> if he lives at all, it's not going to be 10 minutes. So you go do whatever you got to do and leave me to do my work. And she's like, okay, but I need him, though, so I'll be right back. So at this point, Nathan, who has told her, well, because she, on the way, she kind of called Nathan, was like, hey, here's the situation. This guy's daughter's been kidnapped. I'm not letting this kid be kidnapped. She's got a soft spot for kids given her backstory and stuff, I guess. So, one, also she feels bad that she has shot this girl's father for kind of no reason. So I got to go. So I'm going to go save this kid. I can do that real quick. You know, he's like, no, that's our money. I don't care about this kid. That's our money. Bring us our money back. She's like, no, no, no. Hangs up on her. So he calls a little meeting where he's like, okay, I mean, I didn't want to do this, but she's not under vip status revoked like she's not under our protection anymore because she's off doing her own thing like she can't just follow orders and do what you're supposed to do so he's got these the boneheads she calls them just these three (laughs) kind of dudes that he sends after but he's like but don't because he's like talks like reason with her and they're like what do you mean by that And he's like okay you don't kill her or hurt her too bad so he's still you know he's still at least trying Mm-hmm. to protect her as best he can, I guess, within the framework he has to work with. She? Oh, she's meeting the kidnappers at the gutter ball, which is a... Again, an apparently abandoned... I mean, it's not abandoned in... The, I mean, all the lights are on. There's just no customers or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's too late at night. But it's a bowling alley. Yeah,
0: it, it looks fully functional. Like, there's balls in the return thing, and the lights are on, and everything but there's just
1: no one there it's probably just like two in the morning or something so <laughs> but we I meet mean, these kidnappers who are all dressed in like universal monster man there's a there's a dracula a wolfman a mummy a frankenstein i mean for no real reason i mean other than like the filmmaker thought that looks cool <laughs> like, i mean there's no they could uh, it's a stylistic kind of thing yeah as is all the lighting as is all the So she talks to the Dracula, kind of the leader of those, and she's supposed to put her guns in this locker and lock them up and then take the ransom money from there. I don't know why I mean at the... Why not just go straight to the mall? I don't know why the bowling alley was involved at all. But now leave the bowling alley, go over to this abandoned mall to the video beast. It's like a blockbuster where everything is Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like 99% off. I mean, it's all closed down, but... And so, well, so far she was, she's been wearing, she looked dressed kind of like Carmen San Diego for the beginning of the movie. She's got like a long, you know, coat and a big floppy hat. The big floppy hat blew away in the wind and she had to let it go. And now she sees this, I guess within the story, it's just, she likes it, but (laughs) there's no real reason other than like the filmmakers decided this is the aesthetic. This is what's going to look, I don't know. So she abandons that coat because there's like a, there's like a bowling league. Jacket. jacket, jacket with it's all jacket. embroidered and stuff in like a trophy case. So she steals that. So she just decides that's what she wants to wear now for no real reason. <laughs> <laughs> other than they just decided that would look cool, I guess. But so she's getting ready to take this money and go over to the mall now. When the boneheads show up, she's now unarmed. They have a baseball bat and some cattle prods and a. I don't remember what the other guy has, but. And a fight ensues. Uh-huh. Of her which she She wins quite easily and beats them all up Mm -hmm. I feel like the fight choreography is never like I don't know didn't really do much for me it's not I don't know if it's the way it's shot or just the choreography itself but there's like it's not like terrible but I've definitely seen a lot better like it's just it's okay
0: I don't know. It almost felt like they were trying to not do the only one person attacks at a time thing. But it just didn't come off right. I don't know. Because they didn't do that. Like, they were all three attacking her at the same time. But she was able to hold all three of them off at the same time.
1: Which, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. She's just more skilled than they are, but... I don't know, just the way that it's, the choreography is and the way that it's shot, like, she seems to just kind of, especially when the fight first starts, she's kind of just, like, gliding, like, just, I don't know, there doesn't feel like there's much impact to the combat. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just kind of, like, just gliding between them, and it feels, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel very natural. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, she, between the backpack and bowling balls and, she manages to get the best of these guys and really mess them up <laughs> good. Gets the... Yeah, retrieves the money backpack. Heads over to the mall. Swaps with the... Meets the kidnappers. Swaps with them the money for the little girl. And then... Of course, now she has to... Like, okay, the girl is safe. Cool. You stay here. Because she still has to retrieve this money. Because that was the whole thing. She's supposed to get this money back for the firm. So she goes to chase them down. They have they immediately turn on each other and start shooting each other in the car. She doesn't have to do shit. Like, if that hadn't happened, they would have got away and the movie's over. But they all turn on, the Frankenstein turns on the, like, shoots the dr- mummy driver. And somehow they, a fire starts inside the car to where they're all, they're, they're jumping out of the car, like, on fire. I'm not quite sure how that fire happened, but I don't know. Yeah,
0: what happened in the car that I... I'm not really sure what what
1: happened there. Yeah, it's not super clear. Just but, chaos ensued. But we're left with the Frankenstein and the Dracula. Dracula stupidly throws a grenade at the Frankenstein when he's and blows up, or the Frankenstein dropped a grenade. I don't remember, but.
0: Yeah, because he, he gets to throw a grenade, but Dracula shot
1: him. That's what it before
0: was before he could throw
1: it. And Dracula's like, no, 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 so and well, blows up
0: yeah. the money
1: and himself, like just limbs flying everywhere. But yeah, so now the money is gone as well, and she stakes this stakes Dracula in the heart, which is <laughs> clever, I guess, <laughs> like a little on the nose,
0: but okay. Yeah, because she. As she's running out, she grabs a, the broom and snaps it in half and throws the other half away. And is running with just this broken broom, the mop handle. And I'm like, "Okay, what's she gonna do with that?" And then she stabs him in the heart. And I'm like, "Oh, should've okay." Should have seen that. And coming. then something that happens, something that happens later with another death. I'm like, "Is this just a theme? Like, were they trying to go for something here?"
1: Yeah, it's yeah. But then it's supposed to be a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> not full on like campy but yeah so now she has to call nathan and let him know that the money is gone i go look hey i got the little girl that's cool but the money's gone and he's like i don't give a shit about the little girl that wasn't the point like now we're in big trouble so now now vip is canceled for sure the three boneheads go to the dentist office the crime hospital to get, cause like one guy's in a wheelchair, one guy's on crutch. It like she fucked him up. <laughs> one guy's got a <laughs> neck brace on. Like they're all they're all banged up. But so now the dentist is helping them out. Emily's father did not make it. He has died. And Nathan also calls the McAllisters and says, "Hey, I know. Like we don't we don't want to go to war over this. Like she that wasn't she didn't was not following orders. She's a rogue agent. And here's where you can like she's all yours now. Like basically." tells the McAllister's that like, we're not protecting her anymore, she's all yours. Go, go at it. So, but then, yeah, but then also sends her, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm kinda trying to keep track of (laughs) what all was going on. So she gets, she takes Emily back to the dentist's office. They find that her dad is dead. She does not know that it was Sam that killed her dad. And then the dentist has been, I guess, well, I mean, he works for the firm, so it's not, I guess it's not that surprising, but he, he's sitting in a room with the bone hands, who are all, now that he's fixed them up, pretty quickly, I feel like, like by the time she gets back, like they're already all taken care of, but, mm-hmm. and they're all laughing gassed up, so they're laughing about everything, but, I don't remember if he got a call from Nathan too, or what, but Basically, he tells them, like, hey, I'm going to give her a shot of this stuff. Her arms are going to be numb, and she's a sitting duck, and you guys can just go get her. Which they think is very funny, because they're all laughing ass. So, because she's a little banged up from the fight, but not, you know, not too bad. But he, yeah, the dentist, the dentist comes in, he insists on, like, okay, i got to give you this shot. But it's not like a shot. It's a huge fucking, like... <laughs> sci-fi gun it's like a like with a giant vial attached to a needle gun like it's crazy and she's like i don't need that i don't need that get it away and he's like no you do and he gets her with it and she's like hey what the fuck get away and then in like instantly her arms are just dead like her arms are just useless <laughs> hanging numb appendages that can't do anything which i don't understand how so the, he shot her like in the shoulder with it Mm-hmm. that should do that one arm. How does it then jump over and affect the other arm, but nothing in between? Like, it doesn't, like, oh, shit, just slow down your heart because it's numbing your, you know?
2: Yeah. It doesn't
1: mess up her head at all. Her legs are fine. It's a very, very localized, but to both of her arms specifically. <laughs> so that's a little <laughs> weird. But
0: Yeah, because I thought the way he was it was, like, oh, like, her arms are little numb, and then, like, The rest of her will go numb. She'll be a sitting duck. But then that's just not what
1: happened. it's very specifically just her arms. (laughs) Yes. So he runs away, and she can hear him shouting to the boneheads, like, okay, 60 seconds, it'll be in, like, full effect, and you can go. And she's like, oh, shit, I know what's going on now. So she gets little Emily to duct tape a scalpel to one of her hands and her gun into the other, which leads to... I know I know how badly they wanted this to be cool, but it doesn't look cool to me, <laughs> this fight.
0: And it just doesn't work, because like the whole... <clears throat> she had her like leave her finger on the trigger of the gun. Yeah, but that still doesn't work, because to pull a trigger on a gun, you need quite a bit of force, and your finger's not. Yeah. It doesn't work.
1: Well, and it's more... To me, it's just the way that it looks like because she's like just she's like flailing around like the way that she, like she has to just like spin her whole body and hope that the and then like and just fire the gun wildly while she's flailing around and so I uh-huh. don't, it, it doesn't look it looks a little silly to me and not very cool but she's um but yeah she leaves the room in the chair that they've duct taped a bunch of here's another like dentist like the tool tray the metal they've put like four, four or five of them on the back of this rolling chair that takes so many bullets and shotgun blasts and it's just like a complete force field that protects her which i'm calling bullshit on because those things are you know i don't think those trays are quite <laughs> bulletproof but whatever but yeah but it's this big fight scene where yeah. she's they're kind of incapacitated because one guy's in a wheelchair and one guy's on crutches she's constantly kicking the guy's crutches out from under him and But she's kind of just wildly flailing her arms around in this fight. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, the way that it looks, choreography-wise, it kind of reminded me of the police station fight in Malignant, only not nearly as cool-looking, like, as weird as that shit was. I don't know if you've seen Malignant yet, but that movie's a trip. But, yeah, she winds up taking them all out. The wheel, well... I think at least one of them gets shot by his own guy. She stabs one guy in the neck with the... And the scalpel keeps getting it stuck in people when she sticks it. I don't know if that's... Yeah. Like, that's the one thing a scalpel should not do. It's literally made to... So I don't know if it's the tape. I don't know what's happening. But she keeps getting it stuck in people's, like, neck. She has to fight to get it out. And then the last guy gets his head crushed by the, the giant tooth gun cookie yeah. jar thing that smashes his head to bits. And then she gets... Well, she can't answer the phone, so Emily has to come pick up the phone and answer it for her. And it's a text from Nathan saying, like, look, I can't protect you anymore. This is bad. But go to this address. So he's still trying to, like, behind the scenes help her out. So he's giving the address to what's supposed to be, like, a safe house or something where she can get money and guns and get the fuck out of Dodge before it's too late. So it's Sam and Emily and the dentist in the elevator to go down and she's getting ready to shoot the dentist in the face like she has the gun, like on her leg and she's lifting her leg up to where it's pointing at him but emily is watching so she doesn't do it like emily like shakes her head like no don't please don't shoot that guy in front of me <laughs> like i'm an eight-year-old girl oh eight and three quarters excuse me that's very important <laughs> and so she gets to have a cool kind of speech of like just know like for the rest of your life that like I was going to shoot you in the face and you were spared by an 8 year old girl like so you're not some tough guy so they get out to and again what is I don't know what is now what is this building that they're at that had this dentist office in it and a enormous parking garage that has a smattering of cars here and there. it's not completely empty and abandoned but it's also not full
2: mm-hmm. there's
1: like on each level there's maybe 5-6 cars in random spots But they get down there and, of course, she can't drive because her arms are still numb. She doesn't know how long this is going to last. So she's teaching Emily. Emily is sitting on her lap so that Sam can work the pedals. Emily can steer and shift gear. Luckily, it's an automatic and not a manual because that would be a nightmare. She's teaching her how to drive. And then two carloads of gun guys roll up and unload on this car. Have you seen No Time to Die?
0: No, not yet. The last James
1: Bond movie? Okay. Well, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but there's a scene in... James Bond has a car that is bulletproof in that movie, but when it gets shot, it still, like, breaks the glass. Like, you can see every bullet that hits the windshield, hits the car, and eventually the bad guy comes up and he's shooting the same spot in the window over and over again because eventually a bullet's going to get through it. Mm
2: -hmm. And it can
1: take a lot of damage. This fucking car... And this girl's not James Bond. But her car... (laughs) The car that Sam and Emily are in, it, they unload bullets on this car and there's not a scratch on it. It does not crack the <laughs> windshield. What is, what is going on with this car? <laughs> like James Bond doesn't have a car what? this cool. And it doesn't do the, anything else. The
0: paint, the windshield, what is it made out of?
1: Not a mark on it. It doesn't have, like, its own guns or, you know, crazy James Bond gadgets, but it is... bulletproof in a way that I do not understand (laughs) but so then we get Sark's code of a car action sequence of where she's having to instruct Emily like okay now reverse hard left hard right they're chasing her and they kind of like hide in the spot and turn the lights off but then Emily bonks the horn with her head and honks the horn (laughs) by accident so they know where they're at so she rams one car into the other car and then back into a forklift which takes one guy's hat off and it's a whole thing. But she winds up, they, they take out these gun guys with a little girl driving in their <laughs> wildly bulletproof car.
2: And they yeah. get away. Well, and
0: there again, like, what, that car, like, how does it just push that car, like, sideways? The, the power behind that car.
1: Yeah, it's like a it's compact. <laughs> yeah. It, it, she can push two larger cars with this little car and push them across a parking the, the, garage. The
0: length of a parking garage, yeah.
1: It's a lot. <laughs> and yeah, also the tires must be bulletproof because they never get hit with it. Like, it's impervious. Yeah. This car is impervious yeah. and I don't understand it. But so they get away. <laughs> she goes to the address that Nathan texted her that she thinks is just some safe house. And it turns out it's where her mom has been hiding. Nathan's known, apparently, this entire time where Scarlet is at. Scarlet never really left. She's been just hiding in a safe house here in Germany or wherever this is <laughs> and so it's like you know they have kind of their reunion and, and a bit of a you know it's very not heated's the wrong word but it's a strained you know because it's like hey I thought you were gone and you like abandoned me when I was 15 like 15 years ago and I've been I'm, like the ants helped raise me like where have you been you know I had to hide like for your safety I had to hide because the Russians were after you know all this stuff. And at first she thinks that, like, oh shit, is this, like, is Emily, is this my granddaughter? She's like, no, no, no. No further explanation. (laughs) No more, like, no, here's why I have this kid with, I mean, you assume that conversation happens at some point, but we don't see it. But just, no, she's not my kid, so don't, you're not a grandma, don't worry about it. Yeah, and here's where we get the backstory of what all happened with, like, Sam's dad and them having to flee London and all this stuff. So, like, okay, I guess we're gonna... I guess we're just gonna get out of here. We gotta take this kid with us. Well, because in the parking garage, before they left, Emily was asking Sandwich questions like, "Hey, are you a serial killer?" <laughs> She's like, "Well, I mean, I'm a killer. I don't know about serial killer. That's <laughs> that's a very specific definition, you know." But it, I'm having to be like, "Okay, but you, why do you kill people though? Like, just for money? That's not cool." She's like, "It's complicated. Blah blah blah." Um, but she still has not told her that she. Is the one who killed her dad. And then... Or no, they're not looking to go to the library. They're looking to just hang out here. But Sam or Nathan or somebody must have... See, I don't... This is where I don't understand Nathan. Because Nathan sent her that address so she could go and find Scarlet mm-hmm. at the safe house. But then he must have then also been the one who told the McAllister's where they're at. Because the McAllister's, McAllister's just show up outside.
0: Yes. Yeah, she- a literal busload. The one i thought it was the one guy that survived the parking garage oh he followed,
1: followed them there. that's right you're right yeah which yeah. she did not notice mm-hmm. somehow in fact that scene they have pulled up to the safe house and she has parked you would think she would be parked with the back of the car pointed to the door but she's not she pointed as if she's gone to it and turned her up. so the front of the car is pointed towards the door of the building and this guy drives up Literal seconds after they get out of the car and walk up to the front door in a way that they absolutely (laughs) should have seen him (laughs) He's Uh not good at tailing them, but she doesn't see them So (laughs) yeah, that's right That's how the McAllister's which means yeah I thought it was firm guys that were after her in the parking garage, but it wasn't it must have been McAllister boys Yeah, but then how did they know? She would be there. I guess maybe Nathan told them that Uh, who knows Who, who knows don't ask him. Yeah, I
0: don't know how the McAllister guys <laughs> knew she was at the dentist.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a movie you shouldn't ask a ton of questions and just kind of <laughs> enjoy yourself as best you can. But yeah, so they go, they're, they see on the kind of the monitor, or Emily sees when she's filmed her channels, like the security cameras on the TV, like, hey, there's like bad guys are outside. And then I don't know what their plan is. Well, Scarlett seems to specifically not have a plan, because Sam keeps asking like, you have a plan, right? You always have a plan. Why don't you have a plan? But her plan seems to be, we're just going to ride the elevator into the lobby and walk out, because <laughs> that seems to be what they attempt to do. They ride the elevator into the lobby, and the lobby door's open, and the lobby is full of McAllister boys, most of whom do not have guns. They've come with machetes, and that's another thing I don't understand. Are only certain people allowed to use guns in this world? I don't.
2: Because
1: they show up to a gunfight with sledgehammers and (laughs) a lot of them don't have guns and I don't get it. Why wouldn't you all have guns? (laughs) Anyway. Or maybe it's a thing where not everyone in the gang knows how to use a gun. They haven't all trained. You don't want them running around with a gun. Which is actually kind of more realistic than most movies where just everyone knows how to use a gun.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know. More questions. But (laughs) so at this point Scarlet has Given Sam some sort of shot that's supposed to counteract her numb arms, but it hasn't completely worked yet because when the elevator doors open and there's all the McAllister boys waiting for them, she goes to raise her she raises her arm up to shoot them and just throw the gun. Just flies out of her hand and hits a guy in the forehead, which was kind of funny. So now she doesn't have her gun anymore because it flew out of her numb hands. So they close the elevator doors, go back upstairs. And now the McAllister's are all running up the stairs. They sneak through a bunch of Scarlet has a bunch of weird tunnels and byways through like through an industrial dryer that leads to a back hallway and then through a kitchen. What is this building? She's a safe out, but there's like a there's like a full kitchen. There's like a restaurant kitchen back there where there's a chef all by himself who's back there just cooking for whom? Yep. Don't know. At four in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what is happening. But they cut through there. And it, they're like right across the street or like right across the canal. There's like a canal. See, this is where I think they were filming in France, some parts. I don't know, because Germany doesn't yeah. have a bunch of canals like this. But across the canal is the library. So I guess that's where we're going. So they run over there and we have sort of another now, reunion between the other aunts, as they're called, and Scarlet, who are like, there's something going on with Scarlet and Anne May it always sounds yeah, like an no, ant yeah i mate. got that thing too like
0: angela bassett i don't know it felt like a little more like,
1: yeah and it it's felt, not there
0: felt like there's more to it
1: yeah it's not clear if they if it's a romantic i think it could go either way that they like there was something romantic with them before she took off and that's why angela bassett's so kind of mad at her or if it's just if it is really just like sisterhood and they were like the best friends because they're holding hands at one point and there's a definite tension in the air between them as far as scarlet up and leaving and now up and returning but it's never explicitly you know so it could it could go either way <laughs> but yeah there's a li- it's a literal busload of mcallister boys because they're cut to a scene where like a phone like a mass text or something is going out to tell the mcallister boys where they're at or whatever and you see it's literally like a school bus I and mean, it's all full of these goons who all have their flip phones out, and they're all getting a text at the same time. And it's it's a literal bustle. Like, they just drive around in a school bus? Like, we got to get a bunch of goons here, pronto. Everybody in the bus, go. <laughs> Which is like, I don't know. Like, it's a nice little touch, but at the same time, I've never seen that before, so it seems it stands yeah. out as being kind of funny, too. I don't know. So the counselor boys are gathering outside the library. The aunts are like well, here's where we make our stand, I guess. Thanks for bringing the wolves to our door. Like, we've been fine here for however many years, and you're back one night, and you fucked it all up for us. But Sam is like, no, this is my problem. You all go. Take Emily, and you all go. I will stay and fight them. Which, and the aunts are all like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but don't put up much argument at all. <laughs> um, they go downstairs and start loading books into... I kept calling it the bookmobile. It's just, it's like an old... Like 60s hippie van, yeah. but because it's in the basement library, I don't know. I call it the booking deal, but they're loading it up with books and stuff, whatever they need to take with them. Presumably, these are not just books; they're books full of things. But there might be normal books in there too. And so Sam is getting ready for a fight, in which she is hugely outnumbered. Oh, Scarlet gets her like she has like her like classic guns. That's like these 45s that have like all this red engraving over them, and like bayonets. They go yeah, in Yeah, like
0: knife things. Yeah,
1: and she's gonna go back at like like no the ants. You take Emily and go. I'm not leaving my daughter again. Like I left her once, so it's Scarlet to the rescue because Sam is yeah totally outnumbered. Hide, have to hide behind the desk. She's shooting some guys, but it's not going great. And she's getting well. She doesn't have any weapons, so she's having to go through books. Like she's grabbing books off the shelf. <laughs> like oh shit, that one's money. This one's a gold brick. She has to hit a guy with like. But again, these guys don't have guns. Like, one guy has a machete, one guy has a, like... Why have they shown up with just, like, bludgeoning weapons? I don't quite understand, but... I don't know. But so, Sam fights a bunch of them off, but she's... Overpowered, eventually, because she's got, like, three guys got her down and kicking her, and then Scarlet comes flying over the desk real cool, guns them all down. Then they're both hiding behind the desk, because more guys start pouring in. They get to have, you know... Fun little mother daughter conversation about, like, you know, oh, there's no one I'd rather kill people with. you like, so they've reconciled now. Cause, like, oh, mom didn't abandon me again. Well, and just before that, cause Emily was like, I'm not going with these ladies. I want to stay with you. And so at that point is when Sam tells Emily, like, look, I'm, I'm the one who shot your dad. So you shouldn't be my friend. You should go with them and go, you know? And then, so the aunts are getting ready to leave. But then they all they all kind of have the change of heart of like oh, we can't leave them up there you know we have to go fight too and so we wind up getting sort of their individual I mean this is this is the coolest I'm still not totally in love with all the fight choreography and stuff but this is definitely the as far as the action action set pieces go this is the coolest one because everybody's kind of off on their own Michelle Yeoh has like a big chain. And there's, there's different rooms of this library that have, like, they're all themed. So, like, one room is, like, under the sea, so there's, like, jellyfish hanging, and the bookshelves are all, like, overturned ships, husks and stuff. Yeah. And the one room is, like, a forest with, like, trees growing in it and shit. Like, I don't know if that's... If that's a real place, it's very cool. But if it's just a set, I don't know. Yeah, it's no, cool it's very cool. Like,
0: the coolest was, like, the, the library that we had in Moorhead was... The coolest library I've ever been for kids and they didn't compare to this
1: no this is like, <laughs> wild stuff but also yeah. who is this for if this is not a library that's open to the general public mm-hmm. right which it should not be because yeah. every book has guns in it <laughs> then why these <laughs> themed rooms Where the assassins like oh wow I just wanted to come for a gun but this room is really cool <laughs> like who have right. you decorated this for <laughs> Maybe.
0: maybe not the kids section so the the assassins can bring their kids and be like oh go up there while I get my weapons I don't know
1: more questions but yeah Michelle Yeoh is (laughs) is fighting a couple guys in that forest room with yeah she's just got like a chain that she's spinning around and grabbing them and doing cool you know wrapping their arms and necks up and stuff Angela Bassett just grabs a hammer like she's dual wielding just hammers like just plain old like sitting around your house <laughs> hammer and nail hammers she's fighting guys with that and then you've got madeline who has emily down in the bookmobile and some guys have managed to make it down to the basement including kind of the lead he's just called nephew so he's like McAllister's nephew i guess and she gives emily some headphones and is like I'm going to make some noise. I'll turn this up really loud. And then comes out of the top of this van with a fucking Gatling gun and just lays waste to these guys, which is pretty cool. I mean, like, it's Carla Gugino on a, Gat- using a Gatling gun. Like, what? What an easy mark. You saw me coming, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good moment because she was like the more mild mannered, gentle of the three. And then they give her the biggest, loudest, most destructive gun. Like, I did really love that, like, that moment.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, Scarlett and Sam are up in the main room in the library, teaming up to fight off a bunch of guys. Scarlet's making the most of these pistol bayonets that she's got. She's whipping, throwing pistols at guys and hitting them with a the knife part, taking the knife off and throwing it at people. Like, all kinds of stuff. Big, big fight. But uh, nephew gets a shot off around the corner and hits Madeline. Like gets her right in the like the lung. And so she climbs out of the van. Which I don't did she run out of bullets? I don't know. She must have because why would you ever abandon yeah. that I don't know why yeah, you I would think abandon, the gun was out abandoned that weapon in favor of but she's got a cool ass tomahawk that she gets out. He's got brass knuckles, which should not be a competition at all, but no. So they're fighting, and then the fight gets all resolved. Upstairs, Angela Bassett's throwing smoke grenades around. Michelle Yo's hanging guys with this chain off a balcony, like all kinds of stuff. But they take out the last. Well, there's one last guy who comes in with a yeah a big sledgehammer, and it takes everything Scarlet and Sam have to like team up together to beat this guy. I guess just because he's big and strong. But again, like, you have guns. He doesn't, he has a sledgehammer. Like, this shouldn't even be a competition. But, I don't know, suspend your disbelief or suspense, I guess. And uh, so the fight is figured out upstairs. They run downstairs. They find that the van is gone. Emily's gone. Madeline is dying and dies. And fucking Gugino with the, like, what a performance, man. She's always good. Like, her dying, like, she's so good. Yeah. In this goofy movie, like, she like, brings the thunder.
0: Why does it have to be her? Because they knew it would hurt more? Like. <laughs>
1: they knew it would hurt me the most. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah, she was beautiful.
1: Yeah, so Madeline dies. They go out to some cabin in the woods or something that they have and bury her. And, you know, Sam is obviously like, well, I'm. we can't just hide out. Like, I have to go rescue Emily. And they get a call from Nephew on behalf of Big McAllister, who, you know, is like, hey, we'll trade her for you. We just want you. Like, you killed, you know, you killed McAllister's kid, which I guess would be his cousin? Nephew's cousin? I don't know. Yeah. But, so we'll, you know, we'll let, we'll leave all the rest of your friends alone. We'll let Emily go. And she's like, deal. Tells them, you know, I, got, I have to go by myself. That's the deal, you know? So they go to the, diner which is the neutral meeting place it's just sam there's a bunch of the mcallister guys and head big you know mcallister and they have emily there and gives her this kind of cool speech about like i mean look i mean this guy's a piece of shit but he's like he's like look i'm i'm a feminist like i have like when i had my first daughter like i wasn't mad about it like we did all the girly stuff like you know I painted my whole house with rainbows and unicorns like I love my daughter I was happy to have a daughter and then I had another one and another one and another one and eventually like after like four or five of those I felt like a stranger in my own home because I'm the only you know testosterone in the house and then so then I had my son and I didn't feel alone anymore and you took that away from me which is a pretty good I mean I don't know that's not bad villain motivation I feel like that's pretty good Yeah. and she's like you know I'm sorry I didn't you know I'm sorry it was I didn't mean to do that but things got out of hand and like I get it so just let Emily go and everything would have been okay except this guy takes it a step further because he's like I'm gonna do horrible things to you and she's like that's fine <laughs> but he, you know and then she's like let Emily go and he's like no she's gonna stay and watch what I do to you you know I don't know for what purpose other than like maybe like this will teach her the <laughs> lesson to never <laughs> you know or just because it's worse for Sam, I don't know, but... And that's where Sam draws the line. of like, no, <laughs> now what? And then, see, and here's where... who, What really are the rules of this diner? <laughs> and how easy are they to circumvent? Because for the second time in this film... Well, I guess the first time she wasn't disguised as a waitress. But the waitress walks up and pulls a shotgun out, and it's Scarlet. And the other ants are all there dressed as waitresses. Like, how did you not notice them, Sam, first off? <laughs> Because she didn't, she seems very surprised they're there. But, um, yeah, how did you get these guns in? What is the, so now they're all, I guess the idea is they're all breaking the rules now because they're all going to leave the firm so they don't care about the rules Uh. anymore. So they've all got guns and, and of course the McAllister boys don't because they're not allowed to. Well, Nephew does at one point have a pistol, which I don't know how he got that in there, but, um. Yeah,
0: he seems to be the only one that has one.
1: And it doesn't everyone do it much else good, in
0: their
2: but
1: just <laughs> have... everyone else has their, like, guess, just their cutlery. Well, one guy has a, a straight up machete, yeah. but
2: yeah, yeah, she,
1: Scarlet blows McAllister's head off and then a big gunfight ensues. Sam grabs Emily and runs out the front door and leaves the ants to do, and it's a big, there's a lot of, I hate CGI blood, like mm-hmm. super obvious CGI blood, there's, what could be kind of a cool tracking shot that goes along the length of the diner as the aunts take out this room full of guys in slow motion. It feels like a very Zack Snyder kind of, I don't know. Yeah. But a lot of CGI, yeah, CGI blood flying out. It all looks shitty and I hate it. Like, I, I know that it's cheap. And mm-hmm. Probably this was like a $30 million movie. Like, this wasn't a crazy expensive movie, but ugh, I, just, I hate CGI blood so much. But other than uh, Michelle Yeoh losing an eye, a guy gets her in the eye with a knife. But otherwise, yeah. they come out pretty unscathed. Angela Bassett sho- shoves a guy's face down onto like a,
0: a... milkshake glass. Like a
1: milkshake glass that sticks in his face. Like, it's it's all right. And everybody gets killed, except it looks like nephew's gonna get away because he jumps out the window. But as he's jumping out the window, Michelle Yeoh just fills up full of holes so he's dead, too. So that was pointless. And... That's kind of the big finale, really. And then we cut to Nathan at home. A Girl Scout has shown up at his door, which he answers with a gun because he's not an idiot. Like, he puts a gun in his robe to go talk to the... Because I'm sure Girl Scouts don't just show up at his house. How do? Also, you're the head of the firm. How did this little girl just walk up to your front door with no... Like <laughs> You have no security? I don't understand. But she's there. She's got a book. So he's thinking like, okay, I know what this is. Like, I know who you are. You're here with the book. You're here for revenge. Like, come on. Like, I'm not stupid. Give me this book. And he grabs the book thinking there's going to be a gun in it and there isn't. There's just a piece of paper falls out that says look into your heart and he looks down and there's a sniper dot and somewhere far away, Sam is on a giant sniper rifle pointed at him. Gets on the phone with him. Looking real good. This is like the best she looks in this movie. There's something... I don't... I'm not a gun guy. I don't... I wish guns would go away. Guns are cool in movies, but I'm not, I'm not like a gun guy. But there's something about her with this giant sniper scope on one like, mm, she looks good in this scene in particular. I don't know why. If it's or Harry, I don't know. Anyway, delicious. But she tells him like, you know, we're we're taking like this is over. We're taking off. You were in repeats the like remember this day from this day forward you were spared by an eight-and-three-quarters-year-old girl, you know, and let the rest of the firm know that we know where they live, you know, and we can get to them the same way we just got to you. So close your eyes and count to ten, and then we're never going to speak again. And he does, and when he opens his eyes, Emily's gone. He seems kind of impressed (laughs) that they managed to pull that off. Yeah, and then we just see Emily and Sam and Scarlet and the other two, the two surviving aunts. In the bookmobile just drive literally driving off into the sunset and listening to the radio and (laughs) and that's the end not really i mean i guess open for a sequel but not like a sequel setup per se and that's the movie yeah it's okay i'm glad i watched it this was a uh, an excellent turn something i'd planned on eventually getting to sooner or later just because of who was in it but Mm-hmm. I'm glad that that got expedited by having it on the show. This is certainly a huge step up from most of the movies I watch on here. Is it something that I'll probably ever watch again? Probably not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was I was excited because I follow Karen Gillian on uh, Instagram, and she posted so much from the set. And <clears throat> so I kind of just followed it and was getting excited, and then it came out, and I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, yeah, it came up for the podcast, and I was like, okay, oh, yeah, let's do this. It's and time. Yeah, yeah kind of with you. I don't know if I'll watch it again. I don't
1: know. Yeah, it, it's it's okay. <clears throat> I think it's worth watching. I think yeah. it's got a great cast. But again, the none of the action scenes, uh-huh. none of the fight choreography is, like, unique or different or cool enough that it's like, oh, shit, like, check that out like it's kind of like okay i've seen i've kind of seen this before yeah and the noir the kind of attempts at noir dialogue don't land for me necessarily most of the time it feels like it it's a movie that is trying way too hard to be cool you know mm-hmm. so yeah again not, not I bad
0: feel like if it didn't have the cast it has if it didn't have the cast it has we would be having a very different conversation because <laughs> i feel like the yeah. performance
1: is what saved it so yeah 100% i mean there's cool little more i'm not saying that the all the, ac- the action like terrible stuff but there's just like Mm-mm. none of it like stands out as like well that's Kinda super carried, cool though. you know no yeah i think if this was a cast of a bunch of nobodies this would be another little movie on tubi that no one's ever heard of you know <laughs> i mean it wouldn't be a netflix you know mm-hmm. So yeah, great cast, meh action, meh story. It's okay, it's okay, it's worth watching, but not. Yeah. You know, I think I wanted to like it a lot more than I wanted liking it, but. Yeah. Not 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 bad, just not nothing nothing terribly special, but full of people that you always want to watch do stuff. So, that's something. Oh yeah. And and again, a huge. You know, I'll take ten more middle-of-the-road movies that are real movies with real actors. I'll take ten more of these in a row. I'd rather do that.
0: Over Pipeline?
1: Over Pipeline or any number of <laughs> in the things on Tubi that I wind up having to watch starring no one. And with nothing to, you know, that aren't even okay. That are... Speaking of, let's see what we have for next week. Uh, it is that time of the show where I press the magic button to see what next week's episode, what the movie will be for next week's episode. Chosen completely at random from everything streaming. Pressing the magic button now. See, this is what I get. <laughs> next week's movie uh, on Tubi only, of course, uh, from 2018 Paranormal Highway. Boy. Mm hmm. Probably exactly what it sounds like. Looks like. Yeah, it's got one of those super generic posters, <laughs> you know, that like 8,000 other movies on tubi have. Yeah, Paranormal Highway. Oh, it's a found footage movie, I guess. That's not making it better.
0: Yeah. Well, G- anything with paranormal in the title after a certain year. <laughs> it's if probably. It's Leverett, you know, you're in for a ride
1: yeah well found footage is one thing uh but super low budget found footage is a whole nother ball game mm. yeah. yeah so <laughs> that's next week paranormal highway from 2018 exclusively on tubi i mean i don't know not exclusively but that's you're not gonna find it anywhere else <laughs> that's for sure but god bless tubi that's what it's there for to bring us things like that paranormal highway Oh, that's everyone's homework. Should you choose to accept it, I'm sure I'll be wishing I was watching Gunpowder Milkshake again instead.
0: I mean, it can't—it can't be pipeline, though, right? I mean, I don't
1: don't say that. <laughs> I've said things like that, and then like, oh, surely this can't be as bad as last—the last. Oh yes, it can. It always can. Every time you think it can't get worse, it can get worse. There's no bottom to the barrel. When you're talking about <laughs> low-budget horror movies on Tubi, I found. But, anyways, where can people find you, my dear?
0: Um, uh, just on Instagram, uh, Gilded Griffin.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Anything else? Uh, I am at Heath Lambert seventy-eight on Twitter. The show is that's a random P two. Uh, the show has an email address. That's a random pod at gmail.com. for whatever you have to say about anything. Um, artwork of the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter. Go check out his stuff. Oh. any final thoughts for you? All I can think about is paranormal, uh, highway, paranormal uh, highway, paranormal highway, paranormal highway. <laughs> What's going to happen?
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> Just dread. No, I don't, no, I don't think so. I'll, I'll, I'll watch, I'll be there watching it with you though, so... I'm we'll see. sure.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, feel better soon. Uh, this this uh, brings a close to the COVID edition of Planet Earth. It'll never stop. It'll never stop. Will you people just please, please? I went two years almost now at this point, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and avoided it. It should be gone by now. We could be like those other countries that just just stop having it because <laughs> they did what they were supposed to do and they listened to doctors and scientists instead of fucking morons. So can you people please just get your shit together so that we can stop this? Because I have concert tickets that I've been sitting on for almost two years now and if that show gets moved again, someone's going to pay the price. <laughs> I will lose my fucking shit. And there will be blood in the streets. Anyway, uh, get vaccinated. We're a fucking man. Do whatever. Stop t- being a fucking baby and just do what you need to do so that we can fucking, you know. There's no ex- there's no reason my eight month old has fucking COVID right now, you know. No. Fucking grow up.
0: Especially the people who've been careful.
1: Grow up. Anyways, it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: enough of that. <laughs> I hope you feel better soon. I'm I'm feeling alright. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm doing good.
1: All right, everyone. I
0: just want my case. I just want my case to come back. That's all.
1: Yeah, I didn't lose any of that stuff. But anyway, yeah, it was the day I got my booster. It was on Monday. I literally got my booster at one in the afternoon, and then at like six that night because I had like a hundred and four fever. I was like, it's probably just a reaction to the, you know, to the booster, and just like I had the yeah. other times. And so we did a home test, and no, I was COVID positive. It was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's great. Oh, jeez. But That's then I recorded a podcast that night, so whatever. The show must go on.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> anyway, just rambling now. I'll probably cut all this out anyway. On behalf of myself and <laughs> Shannon, everyone... Are, the,
0: are you sitting on... What? Oh, nothing. I was probably for after the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on behalf of... That's just a question I have for you. <laughs>
1: Okay, on behalf of Shannon and myself, everyone have a good week. See you next week. Stay safe, stay healthy. Goodbye. Hi. All right, what were you asking?
0: Uh, are you sitting on my chem tickets? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's supposed to be so September 11th of 2020. And then I got pushed yeah, to... Yeah,
2: I remember that.
1: Yep, 700 bucks I paid for two tickets. And then it was supposed to be September 15th of 2021. (laughs) And we got pushed to (laughs) September of 2022. So, yeah. If it happens this time, it will be two years later that I've been sitting. And I keep getting emails every once in a while from Ticketmaster that are like, Hey, do you want like a refund? And I'm like, no, I don't. I want to watch Chubby (laughs) Gerard sing Mama to me. That's all I want. (laughs) No, I don't want a refund. Ugh. I don't care how long I have to wait. I mean, unless they just flat out cancel it all together, then yeah, obviously give me my 700 bucks back and I'll buy yeah. a PlayStation 5 finally, but otherwise, no. I don't want a refund. I want this fucking concert to happen. Mm-mm. That's what I want. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah.
2: Ugh.
1: All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Always fun.
2: You
1: will do it again.
2: Yeah.